Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, I'm Hayden Rogers, and this is an Appendices episode to episode two, Kill My Main Character, about the chosen one fantasy trope. This is arguably the most used character trope in the history of fantasy. Most stories of the genre utilize it in some way. It may be subtle, or they may literally be called the chosen one. To be clear, a chosen one is someone who is selected by a force outside themselves to become the only person who is capable of resolving the plot, usually through some extraordinary circumstance that only they can trigger. Chosen ones come in many different forms. Perhaps they have a birthmark of destiny, a mark of some kind that represents how they've been chosen. There could very well be a prophecy or legend thought to be myth which they suddenly fulfill, setting in motion an irreversible chain of events. In fact, sometimes, by becoming the chosen one, they've created their own arch-nemesis. Almost always, this bestowing of new powers or responsibility comes as a great shock, changing the ordinary life of a nobody. An ordinary life in which they could very well be an orphan, or at least in less than desirable circumstances. Maybe they are not the first one to be chosen. One or many other chosen ones may have come before them, or they're chosen to be part of a group of other chosen people who have similar abilities. But sadly for some, they're the last of this chosen group and hold the weight of that responsibility on their shoulders. Ringing any bells? Any combination of these could come together in a chosen one. Let's look at some popular examples. Harry Potter, an orphan in less than desirable circumstances, who has a mysterious birthmark of destiny, his scar, is a kind of threefold chosen one. Firstly, he becomes a wizard. The magical world seeks him out and he becomes part of a chosen one group, the wizarding world. But once he's there, he discovers he's even more of a chosen one. He is the boy who lived, famous for defeating he who must not be named, and fated to tangle with him again one day. For a few books, this is his chosen one arc, until we hear there is a prophecy made about him. Well, him and Neville Longbottom, making him literally the chosen one. Well, a multiple choice chosen one, because the very act of Voldemort deciding he was the chosen one is what made him into it. Lyra Balacqua of the His Dark Materials series who we think is an orphan when we start reading, never knows that she's the chosen one, or that the witches have a prophecy about her. In fact, the reader doesn't even know that for a long while either. But the further into the series we get, the more we realise she is about as chosen as one can get, and everything she has done has set into motion a series of events that will come to pass, just as they had before her with her predecessor, Eve. Unlike most Chosen Ones, she's guided by her desire to complete a quest she has set for herself, not her responsibility as a Chosen One. Although that path is her responsibility as a Chosen One. 
and rather than great strength or impressive powers, Lyra possesses the more subtle ability to read the alethiometer, which tells the truth, and a skill in spinning stories, to lie. Avatar Aang, an orphan, is a much more classic example of a chosen one. In fact, the word avatar could be substituted with the words chosen one. He's bequeathed awesome power and responsibility as the entity of ultimate cosmic balance, a mantle handed down over lifetimes. But coming to terms with his destiny is difficult. He was just an ordinary boy before his destiny caught up with him, and he never asked for this. He is part of a chosen group, the past avatars with whom he can connect. His birthmark of destiny, airbender tattoos, is also the remnants of his now extinct race. There are many examples of the chosen one trope being used and subverted in interesting and well-formed ways. We love a chosen one story and the idea that anyone could be plucked from obscurity and thrust into greatness. But it is also easy to write the trope poorly and create a boring character who is ridiculously skilled for someone who just picked up a sword for the first time. In many ways, chosen ones can make for lazy writing, which is where we see the trope fall down. The main character immediately has incredibly high stakes and an existential crisis to deal with, so that's their arc sorted. The story and other characters can just bend around the chosen one because they are the key to success, so that's their purposes for being there. And the final confrontation or resolution is usually won not through skill, but fate and mystic power, often without really having to explain anything, so the story ends neatly. From a pragmatic perspective, the everyday origins of a chosen one are also a great tool for storytellers because they can create a character who doesn't know anything about the world they've been thrust into and need to be taught everything by other characters, meaning we have an easy avenue to teach the reader at the same time. So what are some of the pitfalls to avoid and how do we make a chosen one trope work well? Number one, don't write a character that doesn't want to be there. There's a difference between a bit of existential angst about life-threatening quests and outright hating the fact that you have really cool magical powers now and the world is a wild and exciting place. Avatar Aang, who relishes the hard work of becoming a bending master, finds this balance a lot better than Harry Potter, who was introduced to a world of magic but doesn't want to do his homework. Number two, just because you're a chosen one doesn't mean you're suddenly amazing at everything. With the exception of potentially inheriting some incredible powers that do make you suddenly very good at one thing, your simple villager probably shouldn't be able to defeat warriors who have spent their lives training to kill. They might need some help. Lyra is still a young girl at the end of the day. She can't beat back an adult and loses many times when she's not able to talk her way out of things. Instead, she enlists the help of an armoured bear for the heavy lifting. Number three. Your other characters still need to be their own people, and that includes your antagonist. Yes, maybe the chosen one is the only person who can save the day in the end. But what are your other characters doing there? Are they props and emotional sounding boards for the protagonist? Or do they have thoughts and feelings and dreams? In Harry Potter and Avatar, our protagonist is surrounded by a group who know that they have to get the chosen one to the finish line, but they grow and change along the way too. This is their adventure as well. Number four. While we're at it, what are your protagonist's thoughts, feelings, and dreams? Don't service a character whose every waking moment is about being the chosen one. Lyra is curious about the world and wants to go on adventures in the North. 
Aang wants to ride the elephant Koi and the Unagi and sightsee. Harry wants a date for the Yule Ball and to play Quidditch. What does your chosen one want? If you have any comments or corrections for this episode, you can find me at Kill My Darlings Podcast on Facebook and Instagram or KMD Podcast on Twitter. You can also write in on the blog at Hayden Rogers, that's R-O-D-G-E-R-S dot net slash killmydarlings. And while you're on the blog, you can sign up for email alerts so that you get a handy notification in your inbox every week. So come and say hi and help me kill some darlings. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.